0: Hi, i Chris. Welcome to season 3 episode 2 of OCD Geeks and I'm Jack, hi guys! We hope you did enjoy last week's format. This week as well we decided to keep going with an extra segment at the very end of the episode. So, guys, make sure to stay tuned to discover what's all about. I'm sure you won't regret it. So make sure to subscribe to our channel and leave us a like or a review. And if you're listening to the audio edition uh, also on Spotify and apple podcast you know your support is welcome in order to grow our channel even more and to deliver better and more contents in the near future so thank you very much for
1: helping us thank you guys so chris right now let's dive in into the tv series and movies frankly
0: sounds good to me so this week we decided to select a brand new series that is currently available on Netflix that is called Incastrati. Or for those of you who are listening from outside Italy, it is called Framed, a Sicilian murder mystery.
1: Actually guys, the comedians who plays the main roles in this TV series are very famous here in Italy, especially for those viewers who enjoy watching television at evening because they are Ficarra and Piccone famous worldwide posters in the television channels and actually they play a great and particular role in this mystery thriller uh, series. Basically, Ficarra and Picone are really famous
0: and they made several movies that are well known in Italy, but this time it is the first Netflix original. The plot is quite uh, simple. I would say that this is pretty much, you know, an Italian crime comedy. It takes place in Sicily. Ficarra and Picone fix televisions. By coincidence, they witness a murderer scene. The plot will develop from there in crazy ways that you cannot really expect. But you know, guys, the result is quite hilarious.
1: Yes, they are so funny and entertaining. Of course, I didn't expect that they could play detective roles. This series recalled one of my favorite German TV series called The Tatort which is uh, another international TV series that has to do with crimes and investigation. Actually, Chris, I found that they have great qualities and they portray the great acting. Even the movies
0: that they made before, they are really funny Italian uh, comedies. So, you know, I was not surprised about that, but... I didn't expect to like this series as much as I did. Actually, it's just six episodes, so I was able to complete the series in less than one week.
1: That's great, yes, and that's right. You can watch it, guys, in a week or less.
0: Yeah, so this time, Jack, we were a little bit lucky compared to, you know, international listeners because this series came on Netflix Italia on the 1st of January. While, for those of you listening from outside Italy, it's currently available from this week. Even myself, I was kind of suggested and recommended to international friends, but they just said oh, it's not currently available yet in our countries.
1: Yes, yes, so we have to be careful not to spoil anything to our international uh, viewers. I do hope
0: that Ficarra and Piccone will keep the partnership with Netflix in order to release even a second season in the future.
1: Yes, I hope the same as well. Even, I don't know, the collaboration for another movie would be great.
0: Yeah, so I'm not an expert by all mean about Cara and Picone's movies, but I believe that some of them are actually dubbed in English, while in other, I think you can still find the original Italian with English subtitles. You know guys, Italian comedies are quite fun and a bit different compared to international comedy standards, so I would totally recommend you to give it a try. About this series, it takes place in Sicily. Actually, both Icarra and Piccone are Sicilians, so you will hear, for those of you who speak Italian, Sicilian accent, and that's quite interesting. It makes even funnier, you know, the hilarious situation and adventures of the protagonist.
1: Yes, as happens many times, here in Italy, the dialect contributes to the great comedy and acting overall and uh, entertaining uh, story.
0: Yeah, we said many times about one of our favorite actors, Roberto
1: Benigni, and he's
0: from uh, Tuscany, like us. This time we are talking about a completely different uh, accent. I believe that you can choose between watching the dubbed edition in English or keep the original Italian with English subtitles. The choice is yours, but I would strongly recommend at least trying listening
1: with English uh, subtitles. That could be a particular experience, guys, and you could understand to like Sicilian dialect more than you can expect. Yeah,
0: you know, about that I remember, Jack, that a couple of years ago Ficarra and Piccone made a movie that is called Il Primo Natale. In English is translated as Once Upon a Time in Bethlehem. Have you seen this movie, Jack?
1: I haven't seen it, Chris, but I think I watched the trailer of it. I I don't remember but doesn't sound new to me. This time for magic they were able to
0: travel back to the time when Jesus was born. Somehow a very fun but also profound story involving these two actors in the Holy Land back more than 2,000 years ago and their effort to go back to the present days.
1: Yeah sort of resembling Roberto Benigni and Massimo Troisi in Non ci resta che piangere. Yeah
0: I didn't complete that one but Benigni's movie are amazing so I should definitely go back and finish it you know sure, no, not please. only that but for example Johnny Stecchino. also that one takes yeah. place in Sicily
1: yeah that's right totally you should finish watching Non ci resta che piangere because it's outstanding the jokes and the funny scenes are beyond amazing
0: you know it's quite fun because one of the main characters he has a deep passion for crime TV series once this murder happens he acts like uh, he is like the main detective of his favorite series so it's quite uh, entertaining because most of us can relate like we try to translate our favorite series somehow into our daily lives as well.
1: Yes, that's right. And one of the features that I think contributes to the great comedy of this series is that Figaro and Picone find themselves completely out of context. They are daily workers that are projected in criminal uh, reality that doesn't belong to them. So, there are two worlds clashing.
0: Again, I will strongly recommend just to watch the pilot and give it a try and i'm sure you won't regret it so you're welcome to give us any insights or your opinion in the section comments down below and jack i strongly recommend you to keep going and reach the end before starting our recording you were telling me that beside uh, frame you were watching a brand new Italian movie that, if I'm not mistaken, is still a Netflix product. Am I correct?
1: That's right, Chris. It's a great Netflix product. I didn't know about this movie. It was recommended to me by a friend. In Italian, it's called Quattro Metà, in English, uh, Four to Dinner. It's an Italian romantic uh, comedy directed by Alessio Maria Federici with Italian actors, especially the most famous, Matilde Gioli and Elenia Pastorelli, because they mainly act uh, in television. Elenia Pastorelli herself played a great role in the worldwide famous movie Lo chiamavano Gigrobo*.
0: I remember we chatted about Gigrobo a few episodes back.
1: Yeah, that's right, and Elena Pastorelli was the main protagonist of the movie. So it's quite uh, famous for the viewers and well known. In this movie, for to dinner, there is a couple in the center of Rome that decides to invite four single friends to dinner And try to make them match with each other. It's a a very philosophical and deep movie about the power of uh, choices and the hand of destiny in our lives. There are two perspectives. At the beginning it's a movie that resembles very much the acclaimed sliding doors that most of our listeners will know. In life there are so many possibilities and alternative realities in which things could go differently and develop in uh, other ways, so it's quite super real in the end, but I would highly recommend anyone to give this movie a try because it's uh, really heartfelt and most of all is dedicated to Alessio Maria Federici's mother. It's, It's a great homage to the mother of the director.
0: Sounds good, I was not familiar with this movie but I will definitely check it out after your recommendation. So Jack, shall we go on to the second segment of our episode? I think it's time, Chris. So, this segment is dedicated to gaming. Last time, you remember, guys, we chatted about a game that is currently available on Steam that is called Before Your Eyes. This time, I just wanted to share what I've been playing the most these days. Also, Jack is going to share his memories about a well-known gaming franchise.
1: Yes, Chris, as you know, I'm not such an expert about video games, but there is one video game that shaped and transformed completely my adolescence. It's part of my heart right now. So
0: about me, Jack, this week I've been playing again Assassin's Creed Valhalla on my Xbox Series X. Have you ever heard about the Assassin's
1: Creed franchise, Jack? I know there are many chapters of it and many adventures that you can play, but I didn't have the possibility to play until now. So
0: you know, Jack, that Assassin's Creed is a series that started around the time we were high school students. I remember buying the very first Assassin's Creed this is a franchise that is made by Ubisoft one of the biggest gaming companies well known for many titles not only Assassin's Creed but also like uh, Watch Dogs or far cry and many more years after years many chapters were released now there is a universe of games but not only that also like comics and novels as well as a movie so you know it's quite uh, deep If you are interested in hearing about all the insights, I think that you can enjoy as well, because Assassin's Creed is a very historical series. Every chapter takes place in a different setting and historical time. For example, the first one took place in the Holy Land, while Assassin's Creed II took place in Florence. Another one took place in the ancient Greece, while the most recent one, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, takes place uh, between not only Norway and England, but also France, if you count the expansion as well. It's something that I'm sure you can enjoy.
1: Sure, Chris. I know about Assassin's Creed, how great the cities are reproduced and made, how great the crossing of the streets was. Uh, a friend told me that cities like Paris or Florence are really well made. So I miss this part. I would like to give this game a try just to walk around the streets of Florence to see how well depicted they were.
0: I I know you really love the classical culture, you know, like the ancient Greece, as well as Latin. If you play uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey that takes place in ancient Greece, there is also a discovery tour. You find historical notes and information just running or walking around the streets of Athens, uh, you know, making friendship with Socrates or Aristotele so it's something quite unique.
1: Turns out you become uh, a philosophy
0: graduate. Not something like that but I'm sure that you can learn something historical from this series. These games are well known because they're long but really long so if you want to complete everything you are going to spend there at least a couple of hundred hours. You'll explore a huge map and to find many secrets and side stories. Not even realizing it, maybe you can spend 50 to 100 hours in this kind of
1: world. I think I would get completely lost in this great world. You are totally free to do that.
0: You know, the beauty of open world games is that pretty much you are in charge on how the story will develop. So there is no pressure and you can enjoy the game your way. This year, we didn't get a new Sunsis Creed because this one was released around the end of 2020. But the developers released throughout time a few expansions that basically extended even more the length of the game. Nowadays was released a brand new expansion that will expand by at least 50 hours the time that you can spend in this world. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I believe that in a few years there will be a brand new Assassin's Creed that will be more similar to live services game. I don't know if you are familiar with this concept, Jack, but pretty much uh, live service games are experience that the developers improve and expand constantly. One of the biggest examples is Destiny 2, that you can play both on Xbox as well as PlayStation. You get several seasons and every season will add unique features to the story with new characters, new places to explore. In the case of Destiny, there is a full universe to explore. You can play a life service game even from 5 to 10 years. It's not something that you are going to end quickly. It is possible thanks to the most recent technologies and also fast uh, internet connections. It was not possible like 20 years ago, by the time of the original. Xbox or the PlayStation 2. I believe that is something that will be
1: more and more relevant even in the upcoming years. Yes I think it's definitely a new border of video games. If
0: you're not a hardcore gamer so you don't care about exploring and doing everything that the game has to offer you know some of these games for example Destiny 2 they are free to start if you want to explore or more you can still buy new stories or expansions in order to start and just see if the game is for you or not you don't really need to spend anything it's something that can be a big plus you know some of these games are also included into the game pass i'm not sure if you are familiar with game pass jack We can change the name to the segment to telling Jack about the gaming world or something like that.
1: Yes, (laughs) we could name our channel How I Got to Know Video Games.
0: The Xbox ecosystems offer a plan that is called uh, Game Pass that is available both on the Xbox as well as PC and also via cloud. You can access even if you have an Android or iOS smartphone. By paying a monthly fee, you are able to access more than 100 titles. You know, the Xbox titles added day one. So you can play the most recent games without any extra cost. Via EA Play you can play many games if you like soccer you can play fifa there as well it's something that i totally recommend if you are an xbox or a computer user i don't know if you heard about this jack but it was huge the news that Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard. In 2023, I think that Activision and Blizzard will join the Xbox family. This acquisition was meaningful for the gaming industry. In order to buy Activision and Blizzard, Microsoft spent around 70 billions of dollars. You know, if you're not familiar with all the games, Activision is well known for games such as the Crash Bandicoot series, as well as Spyro or Tony Hawk's, just to name a few, while uh, Blizzard is well known for Diablo and World of Warcraft.
1: I know Diablo, I played uh, on the PC when I was a child, I I was terrified by it. It's part of
0: Activision, also the Call of Duty saga, even that is always at the top of selling games all around. Europe and North America as well, so it will be interesting to see how this huge investment will benefit us as gamers, but it is not something that will happen immediately, it will take I think a couple of years to finish, but I definitely was happy and surprised to hear about it, we will see how things are going to develop. I'm really happy to be an Xbox user, I'm sure that the catalog in the the future, will be even more exciting.
1: Yeah, the premises are good. Next week, Jack, I
0: will tell you something more about gaming. By the end of this year, you will be an expert as well. <laughs> I think so, totally. It's a bit like you did for me for movies. You know, guys, I don't have the same knowledge about actors and movies that Jack has. So I think that with this podcast, we can learn even more in the case of Jack, might be gaming. In my case, the Hollywood board. Guys, we are not alone, so you are part, as we said, of this community. So if you have any insights or ideas about anything really like something that you would like us to talk in the near future or maybe you have unique insights about any of the segments that we are talking about. We are always happy to hear from you and learn even more. We are looking forward to your feedback. So Jack, at the beginning of this segment you were telling us that you would like to share your experience with a very well-known gaming franchise.
1: Sure Chris, I was referring to Final Fantasy, mainly one of of the best games which I've ever played, it is Final Fantasy 8. I remember when I was in high school, I was really looking forward to come home and start playing the PlayStation with this amazing chapter of the saga. Final Fantasy has incredibly entertaining stories. You can get a glimpse of every character's features and you can really get an affection toward these characters because they are really so great portrayed. In my case, I was really imagining myself as a uh, Squall uh, Lionheart, the protagonist of Final Fantasy VIII. I was involved by the style uh, of playing and by the fact that you have two kind of a strategy games because you had to fight against uh, monsters and, and enemies. You know,
0: Jack, I played most of Final Fantasies throughout the years. I remember that my first Final Fantasy was the original Final Fantasy VII. Unfortunately, the game was only in English. At that time, I was just an elementary student and I was not so familiar with English so it was quite challenging to just keep going. I clearly remember Final Fantasy 8 and also Final Fantasy 9 that is among my favorites. In Final Fantasy 8 you also needed to do some kind of test according to the scores you were able to get benefits and to pass the exam.
1: That's exactly you have many functions it is not an open world like you said for us Assassin's creed but you can really wander around and fight any kind of monsters to gain experience and new weapons for example that are really important in the story if you get experience from the fighting the more you go on with the story but i also remembered i was really moved by by the story a lot of times so i i wanted really to know what was gonna happen to these characters and how they would have interacted with each other really it was like reading a book an activity which i love
0: remember. Jack that at the time of the original PlayStation Final Fantasy box was quite big because it featured four different discs so I remember for example finishing disc one and there was a message like insert the second disc it's unbelievable for newer generations of players but it's still in my memories you know Jack that nowadays one of the most well-known Final Fantasy is actually completely online I'm talking about Final Fantasy XIV that actually I've never played but I know that is such an amazing game the developers feature like every year main updates so it seems like an endless world of adventures
1: yes I played also Final Fantasy
0: IX which I love Final Fantasy IX was actually in Italian I remember that the main characters feature like Italian dialects I remember there was a character who spoke like Naples accent. This game is
1: still in my heart. Yes, it was very popular. Somehow the the chapter 9 was a little bit more childish than the 8 but that's quite subjective. Maybe for you guys was not the same. I know that Final Fantasy 7 was one of the most difficult to play.
0: Actually, Jack, they basically recreate from scratch Final Fantasy 7 and is currently available for the PlayStation system. It's called Final Fantasy VII Remake. Basically, they updated this classic story with nowadays graphics and systems of fighting. Beside that, Final Fantasy X was huge. It was the first Final Fantasy coming to PlayStation 2. I remember back in the days, looking at the graphics of Final Fantasy X and thinking that this is the most beautiful game I ever seen.
1: Yeah, it was
0: really surprising. So guys, which one is your favorite Final Fantasy? Let us know in the section comments down below. Actually, Jack, I'm sure that many fans of the series are looking forward to the new chapter as well.
1: Yes, I should at first start playing the previous chapters and gradually coming to the 16th, but I don't know if I will ever be able to do that. For the third section of the
0: episode, we are going to chat about language and daily hacks. This time as well, we decided to dive deep into the learning process, I'm going to share a few of my favorite apps in order to learn Japanese, while Jack is going to tell you guys a very unique and useful learning system.
1: Sure guys, I will start this time. I want to tell you about a way of learning, which I actually discovered years ago, based on a collection of books called Assimil. Here in Italy you can find it available in many languages and it's an intuitive way of learning. For example, there are a hundred lessons that you can study in this book you should take as a student one lesson per day for example if you are a beginner in 100 lesson you can get an intermediate level of knowledge while if you are an intermediate speaker you can arrive to an advanced level I use this way of learning for many languages for German before I took my courses in Germany right now to study and to better my Swedish I have the beginner level love Swedish but thanks to this new way of learning I could get to intermediate only 10-15 minutes per day but it helped me really a lot. I didn't know about this system but
0: it sounds really interesting. I definitely going to check it out for my target languages so I'm going to find it if it's available for example for Japanese or Korean because it sounds very
1: effective. Yes it's very effective indeed it's uh, really fast even if you don't have much time in the day you can really get satisfied by it.
0: Yeah, for those of you like me who are learning uh, Japanese, I'm going to share my favorite apps. Recently I started to use uh, Satori Reader. Basically these app offer a selection of articles and stories in Japanese. You customize your experience according to your current level if you are, let's say, beginner or maybe an advanced student you can select the kanji that you already know as well as new ones. This app features translations in English as well as audio recording for all articles and stories. I believe that reading it's a key component of the learning process. You find new vocabulary, grammar items that you already know as well as new ones. With this app it has as I said the audio recording. You can even check your pronunciation. You know is important if you want to sound like a native speaker. So this app is free if you want to try a few articles but if you want to unlock all the stories and features of the app you need to pay a monthly or yearly subscription. If you are serious about your Japanese learning I will definitely recommend it. One key component that drove my attention to this app is that it's made by the same author of the Human Japanese and Human Japanese Intermediate apps that are well known and available both for Apple as well as Android. These are interactive textbooks. The first one, if you are starting from scratch or if you just have a general knowledge of Japanese and you want to review and dive deep into the learning process, while the intermediate is meant if you're ready have a general knowledge of Japanese, I would say around the JLPT N5, or if you completed the first human Japanese and you want to continue your learning. I really like those, not only they are going to tell you about grammar, kanji, and Japanese writing system, but they feature also beautiful pictures as well as culture notes. You are going to get, for example, a grammar focus lesson and an The next one might be just about Japanese culture. So you take a break from the grammar and just enjoy learning more about Japanese
1: culture. I remember the Human Japanese app because you recommended once a few times back.
0: Even if you continue with the Satori Reader app, you can find extra lessons and credits regarding the first and the second Human Japanese. So you dive deeper into grammar and culture notes even in the Satori Reader as well, so I will definitely recommend you, but if you just want to start from scratch a brand new language that is not necessarily, for example, Japanese or Russian, in the case of Jack, I will definitely recommend you Drop's app that is available both for iOS as well as Android. Thanks to this app, you can access, I think, that more than 50 different languages, and this one is mainly for learning vocabulary in a more interactive way, thanks to games, or fun activities it's really well done It's meant both for absolute beginners as well as intermediate to advanced students so you can select a topic that you are interested to learn for example, readings in, in your target language or maybe you have a passion for sports and you want to learn new vocabulary related to sports, travel, school, university, space or other countries. It's really well done and also it is constantly uh, updated so throughout time you find newer topics and languages. It's an amazing tool to use. Yeah, even this one It's free. If you want to use it for, I think just five minutes per day. But again, if you want to unlock all the features, you can get a monthly subscription as yearly. But there is also a lifetime plan that from time to time is discounted. So my advice is to keep an eye on that one because it's really convenient in the long run.
1: Yes, seems a
0: really great choice, actually. So, Jack, while we are waiting to our listeners' questions about language learning, why don't we close up the episode, this quite long episode, with the newest and last section? Right, Chris. This last section is called Album of the Week. Since both me and Jack have a passion for music and playing many instruments, mostly in my case is violin and in Jack's case is guitar, we have a big passion for music since we were high school students. Before pandemic it was quite common to play together, cover songs. So for this segment we decided to pick an album each so one for me one for Jack just to share why we like this album so much it can be a brand new album that we are discovering as well as a classic album that we used to listen back in high school or throughout university so Jack for the very first section of album of the week which one did you
1: pick Chris I chose all we know is falling the first album released by Paramore, back in 2005 actually i'm very affectionate to this album because it made me discover this band Great music composed by Ailey Williams and Josh Farrow remained in my heart. You know, Chris, back in, in the days I had uh, my iPod and when I went to, to the lessons at university, I had my headphones on and every morning these great melodies of this tracklist uh, played along. So I remember I could fly to the university listening to the notes of great songs, such as uh, Pressure, Emergency, Brighter. When I get back home, I took my guitar and tried to play covers of of the songs. I was really hooked and right now a lot of memories come to my mind, connected to part of my young adult experience. I I think you can relate to this Chris.
0: Yes, actually Paramore is one of my favorite bands as well. Especially for me, the very first albums, I would say up to Brand New Eyes, that is my favorite Paramore's album. You know, I really enjoyed that rock style. I also do appreciate the more pop turnout of the most recent album, After Louder, but the first albums, like not only All We Know Is Falling, but as I said, Brand New Eyes and before that, Riot will remain in my memories.
1: Riot was so great, uh, it brought Paramore to a new level of popularity because Misery Business was such a huge hit that was played by every radio and TV channel, even on MTV.
0: Even more a success for a mainstream audience started when Paramore released Decode, you know, the soundtrack of the Twilight movie that was used. Huge, around 2010.
1: Totally and I think they're gonna release a new album this year so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah even before that Haley Williams released a solo album last years so or a couple of years ago so you might want to check it out if you are missing
1: Hayley's voice. Yes she also played with world-famous artists quite different to the punk rock style of Paramount.
0: Yeah I don't know if you remember the song Airplanes Haley was seen singing the chorus of the song, while the other part was rap. So even that mix of Ellie's voice and rapping, I really enjoyed that. I listened to it from time to time.
1: Yes, that tune was so
0: cool. Okay, sounds good. About my picks, this time, Jack, no surprise that I'm going to chat about an Enter the Haggis album that is called White Link. (laughs) So this is a 2011 album released by my favorite band that is called Enter the Haggis. For those of you who are not familiar with Enter the Haggis, they are a Celtic rock But, you know, that can be reductive to define just Celtic rock or folk rock band from Toronto in Canada. I started to listen to Enter the Haggis when I was a high school student, and I still listen to them even now. And actually, while I was a student in Toronto, I had the great opportunity to meet them and to listen a couple of their concerts, so I have great memories of that time. About this specific album, White Lake, you know, I really enjoy this folk side while other albums are more Celtic rock. But I will strongly recommend you, if you're not familiar with this band, you can easily find it on Spotify. Yes,
1: Chris, I'm not surprised by your choice because I know how much you love this band. And uh, guys, we even talked about it in one of our very first episodes about music. I think it was the second or third episode of the first season dedicated to music and to our favorite artists and Chris mentioned Enter the Aggies, I listened to some songs and they're really an amazing band.
0: Yes I remember Jack that there is of course the fiddle player Brian Bacanan. At that time in high school of course I played uh, violin just hearing for the very first time violin played outside classical music in a Celtic rock band I was so surprised and hooked by the sound of it. So that's why I want to dive deeper into Celtic music myself. You know Jack that once I was in Canada I remember talking to them and they were so kind, just great guys and uh, I realized that behind great music there are great people as well. I remember chatting with Craig, the founder of the band. He was so kind to me and I still keep these precious memories.
1: I'm sure about it Chris. It's great memory that we stay with you forever. So if
0: you are interested in Celtic rock, folk rock in general, I would totally recommend it because from album to album, Enter the Haggis. they were able to stay faithful to their sound. At the same time, they introduce new elements each of every time. So every album sounds still like uh, an original Enter the Haggis, but a bit different compared to the previous one as well, as the next one. So listening to White Lake is an unique experience compared to, for example, the amazing casualties of retails that is more on the rock side. Just give it a try and I'm sure you wouldn't regret it.
1: Cool guys, try to follow our advices and yes, as Chris said, you won't regret it because we gave a lot of information. We also are curious about which are your favorite bands and which kind of music do you like listening to.
0: So guys, as always, if you want to interact with us directly, you're welcome to contact us both on Instagram and Twitter at chris underscore ocdgeeks as well as jack underscore ocdgeeks.
1: You can also visit our website www.ocdgeeks.me. As always, let them talk about freaks. We stay tuned on OCD Geeks.